Sensational stop by Sparty. Interception by Angelo Gross. The first touch is for Kenneth Walker. And a breakaway down on the far sideline. And Kenneth Walker will take it to the house. This is Spartan Red Zone, your source for the best MSU and college football analysis, picks, banter, and anything else going on in the college football world. Now for your host, Nathan Stearns. Welcome into the latest edition of Spartan Red Zone. I'm your man, Nathan Stearns, as always, joined alongside by Zach Sturton, a Canadian champion. Folks, thanks for holding down the fort in my two-week mini-absence. I know it it's hard to capture the full brevity when you don't have Nathan Stearns around, but either way, you guys did a good job. Yeah, it was, it was fine. I mean, um, I kind of liked it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we're already you starting of, with this you son of a bleep oh <laughs> uh, no it was fun though um especially when i was doing my rant in honor of you and then you walked to the door by where we were recording and just kind of put your face on the door right after i said your name and it was just like summoning nathan stearns michigan state everybody going down to columbus with a chance for it all spartans now nine and one on the season after beating maryland 40-21 to 21 last Saturday, Michigan State 6-1 and one in the Big Ten with their lone loss coming a couple weeks ago to Purdue 42-29. I was so, I've been so excited about this game. Whenever I leave my house, I just start playing Ode to Joy on my speakers. Like, I'll get it on my phone and, like, it, it just gets so loud. I've been rolling around, like, town all week with, like, my windows down. And the amount of people that think I'm a crazy old man is, it's quite sobering. I'm but. trying to decide if I actually buy this story. You want to look at my, oh, wait, I was going to say, you want to see my YouTube recently search, but then I realized I, the problem is whenever I'm on YouTube, I also, for I always forget I'm on the sports account, so it's, I probably. It's uh, good old Spongebob, uh, Spongebob memes for those that you, that don't know. The, the Spongebob videos and Spongebob memes from Nathan Stearns just don't end. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we'll have more. I was going to say, he missed the rant room special at the meeting yesterday. It was the, it was a show that I had in high school where I basically ranted Mike Oh, did Valeni you play style. a bunch of rant room stuff? Yeah, where I, oh. Valeni, where I ranted Mike Valeni style about different Detroit sports topics in high school. There was, we even, even our, we even had our own little graphic and then the little disclaimer that said, the views of Nathan Stearns do not accurately <laughs> reflect the views of Celine Area Schools or Hornet Nation, yada, yada, yada. But it was a, it's a fun time. It's a fun time in East Lansing, Michigan State men's basketball team knocks off Butler 73 to 52. Spartans pick up that Q1 road victory. The women's team is 3-0, so everything going well here in East Lansing. Michigan State, as we just said, knocks off Maryland 40-21. to Kenneth Walker runs for 143 more yards. Two scores now only 27 yards short of that 1,500-yard mark. Jaden Reed goes for 114 yards, two receiving scores. First time that he has had a receiving touchdown since that 48-31 to victory over Western Kentucky. It was also the first career touchdown for Montori Foster. It was a game of first. It's the first game in a while. We've also seen MSU dominate from beginning to end. This is a team, guys, we talked about. Didn't score first against Rutgers. Didn't score first against Michigan. Didn't score first against Purdue. So it was nice to see them come out of the window, last the first, land the first punch, and control that game from beginning to end. Yeah, and I think the motto of this game was really 
next man up. I mean, Tucker talked about it in the in the post game. This is really the the biggest point of the season where Michigan State has faced um, injuries, you know, and it's it's hitting them hard. It's not the right time for that to start happening, but uh, you got guys like Montori who's stepping up, um, making big time plays. Like you said, he had his first career touchdown. Heck of a day for him. You know, he's uh, the last few games he's really coming to the picture more, but uh, that that really is kind of. Given it was Maryland, um, it, it's still big to know that you have these guys that you can rely on, especially this late in the season. And um, God knows they're going to have to step up uh, and and still come ready to play on Saturday. And mind you, Michigan State did all of this without starting linebacker Kavaris Kraut, starting left tackle Jared Horst, quarterback Charles Brantley, right guard Matt Carrick, and two defensive tackles in Simeon Barrow and Maverick Hansen. Hansen himself was ejected after throwing a punch Peyton Thorne a very solid game 22 for 30 287 yards for passing touchdowns that tied a record that he also set against Miami and Youngstown State in terms of those passing scores all of this translates into Mel Tucker about to be a very very rich man 10 years 95 million is what is being discussed according to multiple reports with the Free Press and Rico Beard at 97.1, who was the first to really break this. The Board of Trustees is on board. You have Steve St. Andre and Matt Ishbia, the two billionaire donors who are really chipping in for the majority of this. And Michigan State's finally waiting in the big boy side of things in terms of paying a coach who was supposed to come in here and sort of reinvigorate what this program was about. I don't know about you guys, but I love the deal. I mean, I know it's not official yet, but it seems like it's headed in one direction. And you've heard, you know, they're nearing this and you're nearing that. And I just, this is the epitome of college football is you either pay, you overpay for someone like Mel or you risk losing him to LSU. And I can guarantee you if MSU just sat currently twiddling their thumbs, LSU would be calling. USC would be calling, and I'm not sure that he doesn't go. Now, this this new deal would make him the highest African-American head coach in all of college, all in professional sports. College professional, either way. He would be second, I believe, behind Nick Saban. So, he'd be making a lot of money. He'd be making more money than even Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh. So, it's a lot of money, but when you consider where this season was supposed to be, and now we're headed toward Thanksgiving, and Michigan State is in the Big Ten title race, and is staring down a new year six bowl this has been one of the best coaching jobs i can ever remember it's definitely been surprising i think the biggest thing that has impressed me and i think has really gotten mel tucker to the spot has been the talent evaluation and the recruiting because yes a lot of his recruits quote unquote are freshmen and those other guys in the traditional sense of the word but these transfers that have come in have done a really really good job i mean michigan state is not in the position they're in right now without kenneth walker that is an, a fact. I mean, nobody is questioning that. And some of these other guys, Quavaris Crouch has been very good for the Spartans. Ronald Williams, Chester Kimbrough, Marky Lowry. Those are their top three corners. All of them transfers. Charles Brantley's corner number four as well. He's a Tucker recruit. So all of those guys have been brought in by the staff, and that's what's been very impressive. But Michigan State clearly making the jump, trying to make the jump into that top tier of college football and not wanting to be the team that's on the edge of that top tier where they've been sometimes in it and sometimes out of it over the last few years. They want to be there to stay 
And moves like this, moves like the new renovations coming to the football building with Ishbia's $32 million donation for the Tom Izzo football building is just proof that Michigan State is trying to make that jump, similar to what Oregon did about 15 years ago, and they've had a lot of success with that. I just have to laugh, and I love the people that are losing their perspective minds about, oh, instead of spending all this $95 million on Mel, why don't you spend it on the swimming team? Why don't you spend it on the diving team? Do you guys not understand it's private donors who can dictate and earmark where the money goes to? When you get a private donation, you can't really funnel that money into something else. And there were rumors, again, this is more of, I'm just hearing what I heard on 97.1 on Monday. Rico goes on there and said, well, if this deal's not done, Ishbian and St. Andre might pull out. So there, there's not much you can do. I mean, this is a private donation from two very, very rich men, but it helps to have alumni, rich alumni network with deep pockets. You also have Dan Gilbert, the... CEO of Home Depot, Craig Manier, <laughs> is a Michigan State grant. The Disney CEO is a MSU grant. So I just love this whole narrative that's been thrown around that MSU doesn't have the resources or the alumni base or the support from a financial aspect to really compete at the deep end. But if this deal goes through, as we expect that it will be, uh, that narrative will be thrown to the side for a very, very long time. On to OSU. And this is a game that I don't think any, it seems like we say this every week. I don't think we would have thought we would have been, but it's guys, it's Thursday, November 18th, 2021 at 440 and Michigan State's one game away from controlling their own destiny and going to Indianapolis. Now, is it going to be a hell of a challenge? Of course it is, but I've been trying at least the past couple weeks to just step back for a sec and think regardless of what happens on Saturday. The fact they are where they are is sensational. Again, Vegas had you at four and a half wins. You do what you're supposed to do, whether you're close against Ohio State, you knock off Penn State, you're probably going to a New Year's Six. Like, you've more, if MSU's able to win one of their next two, you've more than doubled your win projection. Like, it's the way they've done it. Going on the road and beating Miami. Going on the road and beating Northwestern. Going on the road and beating Indiana. Like, at least for me, it's just you have to take a step back and realize where this team is. Like, the fact we're even talking about this, I think, is something that is just sensational. It is. Um, I mean, we've said it week after week, just how the expectations weren't nearly as high. I mean, everybody at the start of the season was projecting, many reporters were uh, projecting them to not even, to finish last in the Big Ten. And here they are, nine and one should be, ten and zero. Um, but I, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, including myself, uh, you know, don't exactly have the highest of expectations for this for this team uh, this weekend, um, and deservedly so. I mean, Ohio State is just they're a juggernaut, and they the the road to. Uh, Indy goes through them, and that's how, that's the way it's been uh, for years now. But I'll tell you what, this would be one historical win for Mel Tucker if he was able to go into Columbus and get this done. Uh, it's fun to think about. We'll see what happens. but <laughs> It would definitely be a big-time win, and I think that I'll get into this a little more when we get into our full-fledged Ohio State preview, but I think they're, in unlike years past, 
with teams going into Ohio State, I can see a clear path to victory for Michigan State in this game. I would have never thought that I would have been saying that two months ago. There was no thought in my mind that I could be saying that I can see a clear path for Michigan State to potentially win this game and put themselves within one game of going to Indianapolis. That's just crazy to me. Well, it is. And it's, you know, MSU right now is second in the Big Ten East. You're ahead of... As you said, Aiden, Penn State was projected to finish ahead of this team. Michigan was projected to finish Everyone ahead of this team. Was. Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, who's been a colossal Ooh, Indiana. disappointment. Yikes. Now 0-7 in the Big Ten. But they have s- yet to beat an FBS yes, team. That, that is, that that is, is just bonkers. Best. Or yet to beat a Power 5 team. Yes, they did beat Western Kentucky. And, and Western Kentucky looks State. good right now, gonna, but that's, that's not the I point. That's what I was going to say, like, and that's why I was telling you guys I think this is going to be a decent CUSA team when MSU won 48-31. At the beginning of October. At the end of the day, we all know the the stuff around Ryan Day. 32-3 and three since taking over for Urban Meyer in an interim capacity in 2018 before being hired. 22-0 and 0 in the Big Ten. OSU's last loss at home against MSU in 2015. They got to lose eventually. And for some reason, and you know, we'll get into this more, but 2013, 2015... Whenever MSU is the underdog against Ohio State, they normally show up. And this is a team for Michigan Except State. For last year. They thrive. They thrive when there's no expectations. They thrive as the underdog. That, that, that is MSU's sort of calling card. Nobody expected you to beat Michigan last year. Nobody expected you to beat Northwestern this year. No, You weren't supposed to beat Miami. You weren't supposed to beat Michigan. So... For some reason, whenever it's a ranked game, Middle Tucker has a penchant for being there right at the end, but it's going to be hard. But, you know, and you're going to hear this, not just from us, but from every other media outlet, it's the the similarities between this team and the 2015 club are eerie Ooh. in terms of... I don't know. I mean, you lost... In terms of what? In terms Sorry, of... let me finish. You, let me let you both finish. Both teams lose to a Big Ten West opponent... You sort of regain your composure against Maryland, and then we're going to have to see what Ohio State is. Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't think in terms of like the actual way these teams play no, are I'm similar just at all. Like but results wise, yes, one hundred percent agree. They're not. They're. they're it's going to be a completely different. Um, it's going to be a completely different way if Michigan State's going to win. Yeah, that defense was filthy. Well, how, in 2015. Also, how healthy was that team going into Columbus that year? Connor Cook didn't play. Say so, yeah, it was the Tyler. It was O'Connor Tyler O'Connor, O'Connor that, that played. That's right. That's right. So they were. Definitely not healthy at all. And everybody says Tyler O'Connor went into club. No, no, he didn't. Michigan State's defense. Like nine of 16 for 46 yards. Ezekiel Elliott had 12 touches in that game. I mean, also, if you just want to have your mind blown, go look up 2015 Ohio State roster and then know that Michigan State beat them without their starting quarterback. Because you will have Michael Thomas, JT Barrett, Ezekiel Elliott. Like that team was loaded. And Michigan State beat them 17-14. to 14. A stat I heard earlier, Michigan State, in its last, I don't remember what the number was, I think it's like six or seven times to Ohio State, has not scored more than 17 points. They've won two of those games. Wow. Which is not something you would expect to hear against Ohio State. Now, if Michigan State doesn't score more than 17 points this weekend, they're not winning. This is not this, time to, this type of Michigan State defense. But just that stat is kind of surprising to me. Or was kind of surprising to me. Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, MSU has beaten Ohio State seven times when the Buckeyes have been in the top ten. 
MSU has beaten Ohio State three times since 2011. That's the most of any team in the Big Ten. So for most some of any reason, team in the MSU country. has had more success against the king of the hill, so to speak, in Ohio State than seemingly anyone. But before we get too far down the rabbit hole, we got to recap Michigan State's wire-to-wire win over Maryland. Spartans did what they had to do as double-digit favorites. At least for me, this was the last easier game this season. I don't want to call Maryland an easier game, but it is. The last two games are going to be tough, obviously, with Ohio State and then Penn State, who despite having a three and four record in conference is they're they're truly a couple plays away here and a couple plays away here from having a completely different scenario. Sean, if Sean Clifford doesn't go out, you don't lose to Iowa. You lost to Michigan 21 to 17 last week. You were with Ohio state and Columbus for the better part of three and a half quarters before eventually losing 33 to 24. So I think Penn state's one of those teams that's much better than their record, but much like Nebraska, they can't get out of their own at, they can't get out of their own way. When's the last time you've seen three intentional grounding penalties on one team in a game? Like that was, that was a mess. Yeah, I would agree. I would also say that, I mean, if he doesn't throw it away, he gets sacked. And so he loses the yards anyways. Like most quarterbacks just take the sack at that point. But yeah, it was weird because most of the time the guys will just take the sack. You don't usually see them throw it away like that and get an intentional grounding penalty. It was also weird to see a guy with that much mobility stay in the pocket on all three of those plays. Like, it wasn't, and he ran back. I mean, those plays lost 18, 17, and 14 yards. So it's not like he was right at the line. He ran back that far, but stayed in the pocket. And that just, it didn't make any sense to me there. But the Spartans got pressure there, which I know I'll touch on later as one of my keys to the game for this weekend for MSU but it was a good job to see them get pressure again because they didn't get any pressure against Michigan or against Penn State. Well, and I was going to say, it. good things happen when you bring those stunts and when if you can't get pressure with four, you got to bring Cal Holiday on the mic blitz. You have to bring Noah Harvey. You have to bring Xavier Henderson off the blind side because the last several weeks, this team has shown that they can't get pressure with four. You did it earlier in the year against Indiana, against Rutgers, against... Miami of Ohio or Miami of Florida at times, but by and large against Michigan, against Purdue, early against Maryland, that MSU pass rush was largely neutralized. So I give Scotty Hazelton credit for deciding, you know, we got to get him off his spot somehow. We got to affect the read. We got to affect the processing speed one way or another. You saw some good things with that press man scheme as you were alluding to Zach. Ronald Williams had a good game by and large when he was lined up across from Rakeem Jarrett, Jarrett burned him a couple times, but he also had Kimbrough across from him every now and then. So not completely on Williams, but at the end of the day, you didn't have Crouch, as we mentioned, you didn't have Simeon Barrow. You didn't have Maverick Hanson. Drew Beasley's probably still at 75%. You held Maryland, who has one of the most explosive offenses. You had a quarterback coming in who led the big 10 and completion percentage was right up there in terms of passing yards. What Maryland does well fed right into what Michigan State doesn't do well in terms of giving up 350 yards through the air seemingly every time. Tonga Vailoa still goes for 350 passing yards, two scores. But at the end of the day, holding Maryland to 21 points, and that's the only metric that matters to me, that was an encouraging performance. It really was, and that's a performance I think you can build on. 
Yeah, I mean, you you guys have talked about the um, the pressure that the the D line put on on Talia this game, and going into that game, I that was my biggest key to victory for the Spartans was that you know the secondary was going to give up these yards as they do every game, but it's it got uh, it has to start up front um, with uh, with putting pressure on the quarterback, and they were able to do so, and that's going to be another big thing this weekend. Um, because as everybody knows, this, the secondary is not, uh, not reliable, but, uh, you're going up against one of the, one of the best passing offenses in, in college football. And it's, you're going to need to rely more so on your, on your front four. And like you said, Stearns, you're, you're going to also have to send some blitzes throughout the game as well. And, um, it, you know, it, it's all about the pressure. Mike Loxley and we talked about the the clown in College Park. Maybe that's what I should have led with. Mike Loxley, the clown in College Park. I don't know why I dislike this man so much, but I do for the I don't soul. either. Because it just Maryland continually has so much talent. Rakeem Jarrett was a five star recruit out of DC guys. Tonga Low was a former Alabama commit and a four star recruit. And you're five and five. And you're headed toward another year where you're either not going to make a bowl game or you're going to make something like the quick lane bowl and you're going to get a $400,000 payout. And that Rutgers Maryland game, the final week of the year, whoever wins that's going to go to like the quick lane or the pinstripe bowl. And whoever loses that is going home. So I, I don't know. I think Maryland has way too much talent for where they currently are. At the end of the day, Mike Loxley's now got a, Big 10 record of 6 and 21. So again, I'm not not completely sure why you hired a guy that was 2 and 26 at New Mexico State, but what do I know? They're New Mexico. Michigan State, you know, as we've touched on, allows Rakeem Jarrett and big tight end Chigazia Makanku to have over 100 receiving yards. To Tala Tonga Bailoa goes for 350 passing yards. That's the third consecutive game where MSU has allowed a quarterback to throw for at least 350 yards. We all know what happened with Cade, Cade McNamara and Aiden O'Connell. Who? Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, 536 passing yards and a million touchdowns. But at least for me, this wasn't a game where I go, okay, you know, I'm going to be jumping around and celebrating and happy and, you know, burning couches in Cedar Village like after the Michigan win. But good teams do what they have to do. This had the potential to be a trap game. Now, I'm like you, Zach. I don't like that term. But this had the potential to be a trap game. The difference between Maryland and Purdue, Purdue's probably going to win eight games this year. Maryland might not get to six. And you put up 40 against a bad defense. That bend but don't break defense broke a couple times. But give credit for getting timely pressures. We had the intentional. You had the intentional grounding penalty that forced the 41-yard field goal by Joseph Petrino that he missed. Noah Harvey had the pick down deep in MSU's own territory. So you made the plays when you had to make the plays and ended up winning by 20. And Maryland was within 13, 14 points, some part of that game, but it, it was clear from beginning to end, Michigan State was the better team. Not sure you could say that against Michigan. Not sure you could have said that against Maryland, or not, not against Maryland, against Indiana, the India, the Indiana game. The more and more time goes on, I think, that win for Michigan State and that performance looks worse and worse. But one thing I want to ask you guys, are we starting to see Trey Mosley take that next step 
is sort of the second receiving option with Jalen Naylor continue on the shelf. He had four catches for 52 yards after having three catches for 44 yards against Purdue. At least to me, it seems like that connection between Thorne and him is coming alive at the right time. I mean, I see what you're saying there. I think that it's always kind of been there. I think it's more now that Mosley has more opportunities because Naylor's not there. Um, Mosley's always, he's had a very quiet, good season. I mean, we talked on a few times early in the season. Feels like you can always count on him to have three to five catches for 25 to 50 yards a game. And that's what he's continuing to do. But he is starting to make those bigger plays because he's that number two guy now. And so I think that Trey Mosley's a guy that's going to have a lot of success at Michigan State over the next couple of years. Is this offense better with Jalen Naylor there? Without question. But Trey Mosley has been good all season, quietly making up one of the better receiving trios in the Big Ten and also potentially in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I've been saying it for a little while that uh that Trey Mosley needs to be the next receiver to kind of uh step into that um you know hundred yard hundred yard receiving game uh type of deal. But um I think you know, Zach, you you pretty much said it. I mean, he plays his role well. He um, he's reliable. He's there for big plays when uh, when you need him. So I, in terms of you know wide receiver number two status, um, I think it it's obviously right now it's between him and and Foster, um, and Montori needs uh, he needs to get a few more looks because. Um, Besides that, that was his only reception uh, against Maryland that that fifty-two uh, yard touchdown. But uh, I think uh, he burned that guy though. He did. He, he was did. so wide open. Fleet Flicker now four of six in touchdowns this year. Things we love to see. Yeah. Like I don't know why this keeps working as much as it does, but because it's they working. don't because they don't think of it as a trick play. I mean, Jay Johnson said that this week. They it's just another play action pass to them. Because that's how good Kenneth Walker is. And also, Michigan State runs for, I mean, I'm assuming most of you at home watch some Michigan State football if you're listening to us talk about it. But these guys, Michigan State runs their offense almost primarily from the pistol. And so the pistol lends itself particularly well to a flea flicker type play because your quarterback is not under center and he doesn't have to go as far to get to the running back. And he already has space from the defensive line, which allows the play to develop a little more. And Michigan State legitimately just runs that play like another play-action play. And it just continues to work because of the amount of attention that teams have to place on Kenneth Walker. If Kenneth Walker's not the running back, Michigan State doesn't run the flea flicker that much, and if they do, it doesn't work like that. Does it work against Ohio State if they run it? I think it depends. I also think that what honestly might happen, I've got my bold take, and I'll, I'll use this for this. In terms of trick plays for Ohio State, Flea Flicker won't matter. I mean, they might run it, but they run that as an extension. Kenneth Walker will throw for a touchdown pass this weekend. Because, here's my thought process. All year long, they've run that Wildcat set. Yeah. Yes. And they have not a single time yeah. attempted to do anything with a pass out of it. This is the type of game where you attempt something with a pass out of it. If Michigan State gets down to, like, the three-yard line and they've got, like, second and goal and they go to that Wildcat set, watch for him to potentially throw the football. 
Now, if it's not wide open, he's not going to throw it because you don't want to risk a turnover. But if they need it, if they're down three points with in the second half at some point and they're on that yard line, watch for it. Just keep an eye on it. That's my bold prediction. I definitely could see uh, Jay Johnson pulling a lot of crazy stuff out of his sleeve. He this is. Weekend. And it sometimes it works really, really well. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work at all, i.e. Nebraska, Indiana. But I just love, second half of I love the you're risk. Trying. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I love you're, the risk. We haven't seen to that. the wall, throwing everything Except for the, the second sink. half of Purdue where they just decided to forget that Kenneth Walker existed. And yeah, they didn't take any deep shots either, though. They just ran a bunch of slant routes that didn't work. Um, and just watched Peyton Thorne get sacked every play because they didn't block anybody either. Um, besides the second half of that game... Jay Johnson's been really, really good play calling all season long. Well, and I like, and you like, at least me, I love the ingenuity. I like the fact that, you know what, if we're going to lose, we're not going to lose because we were being predictable. We're not going to lose because we were playing not to lose. And I think that's what Michigan State has done all year. You saw it against Michigan. You saw it against Miami where you had that, oh, what was it, in the second half? It might have been, it was either in the third or fourth quarter where it's third and a mile and Jalen Naylor gets his man to bite on the double move, and it's a 45, 50-yard touchdown. That wasn't third and a mile. That was right after they got it on fourth and one, and then the next play threw a deep shot. Oh, yeah. They, anyway. And that was the aggressiveness of it, because you would I never mean, think you know, about throwing not, a deep shot there. You had there. the chance to run down the clock and, right. continue, to melt, and continue to melt the clock. And, and Jay Johnson said, nah, I'll take six. Death by inches. Yeah, death by inches on Miami, but... It's been every area where Michigan State has needed to improve this year. They has from Jay Johnson to Scotty Hazelton to seen a lot of guys step up. Justin White, another guy who I think is going to get a little bit of run against Jackson Smith and Jig, but just because of the speed. Oh, you if, talk about a D two transfer coming in, and here's your first test. Pick Jackson I mean, Smith and Jigbo, who, who else has. Are you going to put against him? I mean, no, you've got strong. a good point. But I'm saying, like, it's Smith and Jigba has... On the, or you got to have Ronald and Brantley on the outside. I mean, it's... I know it's tough, but I don't know... Who, not Brantley, uh, and I'm not Kel- I'm not starting Kimbrough, by the way, if I'm running this. I'm starting Marky Lowry. But, um... Because those are the two bigger guys on the outside. But, I mean, for Ohio State, Smith and Jigba has 58 catches, I believe, for... Over 1,000 yards. Yeah, no, 59 catches for 1,027 yards, averaging 17 catches, or 17 yards a catch and over 100 yards a game. That's the guy that no one's talking about with this Ohio State team. And he's arguably better than either Gary Wilson or Chris I don't know that he's better than them, but his numbers are definitely better than them. But he's, I mean, this Ohio State offense is averaging 550 yards a game. And And 46 points, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, this is just bonkers. And you, I mean, and we'll get into the, we'll get into this later. Yeah, you guys can all tell exactly what we're thinking about right now because we aren't even to our Ohio State preview yet, and we've just been talking about it the entire episode. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a top ten match. It is. Why you go to Michigan State? You know, it's it's it, it's going to be a game where MSU and we've seen flashes of it. You're going to need to play an offense like you did against Michigan the last quarter and a half or four quarters, and you're going to need to play on defense like you did the entire game against Indiana and Miami and Northwestern. You're going to get burned at times, but moving on from talking about Maryland, you did what you had to do. And I think that's what we've said so often. It's not always been pretty with this team. Ohio State's good at winning pretty. 
MSU at Varys. The way you beat Indiana wasn't pretty. The way you beat Michigan, arguably, anytime you beat Michigan's pretty, but the way you won arguably wasn't the prettiest way in the world. The way you beat Maryland at times, even this last week wasn't Nebraska. pretty when the soft zone was getting torn to shreds. But this team, for some reason, continues to find a way. They continue, with the exception of Purdue, every time the chips have been against the wall, they found a way. And there's something to be said about that. That by and large, they're not, you know, they're not going to win the prettiest kind of way, but they are going to find a way at the end to win by one. And you're going to have to do that against Ohio State. But I also think you're going to, we're going to have to see something that we haven't seen all year in terms of a complete game. But bouncing around the Big Ten really quick, Michigan knocks off Penn State 21 to 17. Wisconsin beats Northwestern, who is quickly floated into oblivion 31 to 7. Rutgers does unspeakable things to Indiana 38 to 3. Rough, rough year. Rest in peace, Indiana. Uh, top Allen, 10 ranking. Bloomington for Paul Allen. Tom Indiana Allen. might be headed back to the dark ages of football, another 30 years of mediocrity. Iowa <laughs> over Minnesota 27 to 22. And as you said, Zach, nervous laughter. OSU beats Purdue 49. Or fifty nine to thirty one. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? Forty five to seventeen at half. Yeah, because I showed. Oh, Champ wasn't there for that. I showed uh, Nathan and uh, Zach Slowick, who was with us in the booth, the score of the Ohio State game, uh, and I just showed it to him and said, "Nervous laughter." Dot dot dot. <laughs> As they were up like fifty two to seventeen at that point, it was just ridiculous. Well, but I think the thing, and we talked about this too. I would have rather. OSU win that game versus Purdue. Definitely. Because as often as as a player, you'll say, we need to pay attention to this, or as a coach, you'll say, we need to pay, pay attention to X, Y, and Z. Winning blankets a lot. Winning cures a lot. And a lot of times for a player, things don't click. Things don't, you don't feel like you have to address something until you lose, until it actively hurts. You think how many times in life, when you're a student, when you know you do life lessons methods, with Nathan Stearns. Stearns getting deep here. Let's life go. lessons with Nathan Stearns, everyone. Whether it's not, whether it's not studying or whether it's cheating on your math test in high school in Spanish because <laughs> you got you have class with your best friend, you know it's probably not the best thing in the world. You know that it's something you probably need to address in terms of studying more, in terms of paying more attention in class. But you're not going to change until you get caught. <laughs> You're Did not you get going caught, to Stearns? address the problem Did you get until caught, the problem Stearns? bites you in the butt. It's Did you hy- get caught? It's all hypothetical. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. I never. I didn't get caught. In some, and I, I would have flunked high school geometry if my best buddy, Steven Meister, didn't let me copy off his test time and time and time again. This so, is what happens when the statute of limitations is passed and Stearns can say what he wants. I was going to say, I think there's a two or three year... I don't think it matters at this point. You're already a senior in college. I was say, yeah, come, come get me, guys. Come get me. But, you know, <laughs> High School, if you're listening. But no, and, and I think, I'm not saying there's a sense of complacency with Ohio State. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think just, you know, as someone, anyone who's ever played any sports at any competitive level can tell. When you go up to the podium and say, yeah, you know, we have to address this. We didn't play our best game. It's completely different when you're saying that after you won versus when you lost. I mean, look at Michigan State. Look at Michigan State after losing to Purdue. I mean, the first thing they said was, we got to look at all this stuff. And they actually did. They changed the way they covered against Maryland, except for two possessions. And guess what happened on those two possessions? Maryland walked right down, scored a touchdown. So I'm very curious to see what Michigan State does defensively against Ohio State. Because it's very, very difficult to guard Ohio State. Because they've got so many weapons. Michigan State 
is a very similar type of team offensively. They have so many weapons. They have the best player in college football at running back. They have a quarterback that's been playing out of his mind over the last four weeks. I challenge you, in the Michigan game, the Purdue game, and the Maryland game, find me a throw that Peyton Thorne missed. That he because, missed? Like, yeah, the, that, I mean, the Jaden Reed pass on the slant in the end zone that he underthrew, I would say. Where? Maybe, but Which game? Against Purdue. The one that Second got intercepted? Half. Yes. That he didn't get that wasn't underthrown. The guy under the guy under he undercut the route and the ball was in both guys' hands. But But just in general, you got to lead him more toward the sideline. That's the thing to an extent. But just in general, Peyton Thorne has been balling out of his mind the last three weeks or so. And Jaden Reed and maybe Jalen Naylor if he's back, we don't know yet. They're going to be very difficult to guard as well. So I'm very curious to see what both defenses try and do. Now, before we get to the coup de gras, previewing Ohio State, we have the SRZ Offensive, Defensive, and Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame Unit of the Week picks. I'm going to start off with the SRZ Tyler O'Connor Offensive Player of the Week, and I go with James Franklin. And I did this once before this year. Offensive can mean more than one thing. Offensive can also mean disgusting display of coaching apathy, and I'm going to give that award to James Franklin because if Penn State doesn't fake that field goal, not sure they lose that game. That was an abomination. How about you guard the tight end and not let him run away from your your athletic secondary that's supposedly the best secondary in all of college football? Like, just run the guy down. He's, He's a tight end. You're... You're supposed to be fast cornerbacks. Don't let him score on a crossing route. Yeah, that works too. I was going to say, he, he prepped for <laughs> my pick more so than I did, but Penn State well, I just leading Michigan 17-14 late in the fourth. Cade McNamara engineers the game-winning drive. Michigan, again, finds a way to win. That's the only reason why if they lose to Ohio State, you know, everyone, I, I, you know, the, the, the world's not falling. Penn State, I think, right now is what... I don't know how many more blows you can take of losing a close game before you just sort of roll up and wither and die. Like, you can't keep getting up for these games when you're this close and this close and this close. And that's what's so frustrating as a player when it's like, God, we were right there. Like, we weren't out-athleted. We just... If we change this, this, and this, but that's been it all season. So, even if MSU loses the... To Ohio State, you still have Penn State next week, and you're playing for a shot in the a New Year's Six Bowl, whether that be the Rose, Won't the, be the Rose Bowl. Peach. Also seen the Fiesta Bowl. Apparently, that's getting mocked a little Send bit. Send us to Phoenix. That would be... My granddad lives down there, and he'd let me drive around his golf cart. <laughs> Let's drive our golf cart I to would, retirement. I would love it. to go to Pasadena, but I do know already pretty much... I mean, the only way it's not like this is if Michigan State loses by three and Michigan gets blown out, but like... No matter what happens in that, Michigan's going to be ahead of Michigan State if they both lose to Ohio State. Well, it, again, and so Michigan will get the Rose Bowl. And I hate the. We don't need to go into it. I went on a fifteen-minute rant about the playoff committee Michigan. last week. So no, but here's the thing: when, oh, when, when Gary Barta, the chairman, and I was set aside director, watching the games, <laughs> like what? Oh, I'm going to look at stats, not look at the results on the scoreboard. You are a clown. You need to be fired. Your entire committee is a clown. <laughs> Bobo. Bobo the Clown would do a better job than you. Stop paying so much attention to the god-bloody stats. Welcome back, Nathan Stearns. And you know what? Oh, man. 
Oh, yeah. <gasps> Michigan's uh, better than MSU. If there's only a way we could measure that. Oh, wait, there is, and MSU passed the damn test. Pisses me <laughs> off. I know it won't make a difference in the long term, but it's just, it's the Michigan sort of the brand that Michigan is, or the supposed brand. You put Michigan and Michigan State, all factors considered, U of N's going to get the nod every single time because they're Michigan. I'm telling you guys, who's going to sell more? Who's going to sell more stuff though? Pisses me off. Who's going to sell more stuff though? Like this is a business. I mean, who's going to sell more stuff? You don't think MSU, you can? You can you make an argument. You would be close. No, I don't. Not a chance. Eh, MSU's got a pretty wide reach too, my boy. I'm very well aware, but Michigan is a top three brand in college basketball or college, well, college football. And college basketball, just meaning college sports in general. Michigan's a top three brand. And so... I just have a huge problem when the business goes down the drain and you start using money as a means instead of objective Oh, I do too. And they're not going to... What do I know? If Okay, so I said I wasn't going to go rant about this, but I'll rant about it anyway. So, for the committee, if Boo! you wanted... To, <laughs> that was really loud. If you wanted Boo! to... <laughs> if you wanted to make the argument... That Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. Weird, but whatever. Why is Oregon ahead of OSU? That's what I was just going to say. Is Ohio State is clearly the better team than Oregon. And Oregon has a much worse loss. And Org- and they played in week two. That's Correct. The other and this kicker. was two weeks Michigan ago. Michigan played MSU two freaking weeks ago. Like, it's not a thing where, oh, it's it was two months ago. And, no, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. God, sometimes I think you could pick a crackhead off the side of the highway. This is going to be a long episode since we haven't even started our OSU preview. So but pissed off. <laughs> we should probably get into our offensive, defensive, and powerhouse right, of the week. Ahead. I went off on I, I lost. Oh, yeah, you already said yours. Champ, you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, mine is, uh, is Boston College quarterback Phil Jerkovic. Um, he averaged 23.9 yards per completion on Saturday. Uh in, uh, in Boston College, went over Georgia Tech. He also became the only player in Boston College history to throw for two scores and run for two scores in the first half of an ACC game. And also earned uh, ACC quarterback of the week for the second time this season. I'm going with C.J. Stroud, which I know Michigan State's about to play, Ohio State, and that's not what you want to see if you're Michigan State, but C.J. Stroud absolutely torched Maryland. And honestly, I could also go with Garrett Wilson from this because Garrett Wilson had a phenomenal game in that game. But C.J. Stroud was 31 of 38 for 350 yards and five touchdowns. Garrett Wilson in that game against Purdue. 10 catches, 126 yards, and three touchdowns receiving as well as a rushing touchdown. Those two guys combined to destroy Purdue, and both of them combined, I guess, will be my offensive players of the week. For my SRZ Electric Heater Defensive Player of the Week, the only reason, of course, I picked the Electric Heaters because we got a wonderful email from Jerry E. Mig, the Ohio State SID, saying, yeah, don't worry, guys, you'll be outside, but we'll have electric heaters, so I'm hoping they work. I'm thankful for that. I'm not. Uh, No, 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 but I I don't like being, I mean, I, I know it's, it's better than not going there, but I hope they work, or otherwise I'm going to freeze to death. I While on Noah top of Harvey. the uh, press box, so that way Stearns can freak out about being too high. I do, I do hate <laughs> heights. Heights are very scary to me. Noah Harvey, 
the, the way you just said that. The senior from Wisconsin <laughs> starts in place of Kovars Crouch, a guy who started seven games at linebacker last year. He started five games the year before that, finishes with five tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss, also has an interception, was all over the field. That's why you have a guy like that who's steady. He's not the sideline to sideline run fit threat that Kovars crouches per se, but was rock solid, a guy who could have easily sort of, whether it's transferred, whether it's sort of quit on the team. If you've started for two years and then another guy comes in and takes your spot when you haven't played bad, you've been the least of the defense's problems last year and the year before, a lot of guys would have just packed up and left. But, you know, big props to Harvey for sticking it out, got his chance to prove himself and played very, very well. That being said, MSU needs Kovars Crouch back in the worst kind of way this week. Over to you, Mr. Aiden. Okay. Um, my uh, my pick for Defense Player of the Week is uh, Georgia's uh, Channing Tindall. He had, uh, he had six tackles and three sacks in Georgia's win. Blowout um, over Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, that uh, that Georgia defense, I'd, I'd say it every week, but God. And the one rushing defense better than Georgia's by a wide margin is the Wisconsin rushing defense. Wisconsin is not going to be an easy win for whoever gets the Big Ten championship game. I said it last week, they are hotter than the surface of the sun right now. And they're playing really, really well. Their rushing defense is allowing just 60 yards a game, which is like 15 yards better than Georgia's for best in the country. Their rushing defense was on display again this week. They're just phenomenal. The SRZ Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame Unit of the Week. I'm going with the Red Roof Inn in Columbus because even though Red Roof Inns don't have a penchant for being like the Hiltons, they're solid. They're rock solid. Just like eating chicken legs and potatoes for dinner. That's what I ate last night. And that's what I'm also going to eat for tonight. I got a pair of marinated chicken legs and a couple you of had, potatoes that I really need to crack. For open. all you listeners out there that are loyal with us, I thank you for staying here because you have no idea what you're going to get into every time you open up an episode of this because we don't even know what we're going to get into when we start recording. Neither do I. But anyway, no, it, it's not It's not like a filet mignon, but it's it's solid. You know, it, it's rock solid, and Red Roof Inns are rock solid. Meat and Never potatoes? Staying at the Prestige Inn where Aiden didn't get a bed, and I thought I was going to wake up the next morning <laughs> with one kidney and a large incision yeah. by my gut. Um, I'm happy. I know we won't get robbed i know that i won't have a wonderful guy with five outstanding warrants in three different states jangling my door in the middle of the night i'm uh i'm relieved i'm quite relieved bro i don't even know how to respond to that so i guess i'll just say mine mine is sec scheduling and i've kind of used this powerhouse frame unit of the week recently just to rant about things so i'm gonna rant about the sec the reason the SEC wins all these Heisman Awards is because they build in a stat padding week into their schedule. They find, like, the worst possible opponents and then blow them out. Like, Alabama this week played New Mexico State. Bryce Young, 21 of 23 for 275 yards and five touchdowns. Wow, cool. You're playing New Mexico State and you're Alabama. Why does the SEC feel like it should do this. It doesn't make any sense to me outside of padding the stats and giving your teams a free win. And that's my rant. All right. 
Um, my, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Stearns. Stearns is, like, trying not to laugh right now, and he's got, like, a huge smile that you can see, like, <laughs> even though he's got his mask on, you can still see it. And I have no idea what he's trying to do. Um... <laughs> Can't even look at Stern's <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> my my pick is is you, Zach, because me. Yeah, for bringing uh for bring your PS5. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> so we're gonna Zach and I are gonna run up some 2K. Should have fun with that. I've got Madden too, I think, but I I don't want the smoke in Madden. I, I, I'm not good at Madden. <laughs> I think I've played Madden like three times this year. I bought it like right at I, that was one of those impulse purchases, like right after you get paid. Yeah. And I so I bought it because it had just come out. I was like, oh, sick. Yeah. I played it for like three days, and I don't think I've opened it since. <laughs> That's usually how I'm a big, for me. I'm I remember a big... in high school blowing $350 in one night on Tinder Gold. Never again. <laughs> what? That's all I'll say. <laughs> renew, renew, renew. Boost, boost, boost. I boosted myself constantly for like... 16 hours in a row, I lost a lot of money that night. And and I'm guessing since since I've seen you on Tinder in the last couple of weeks, I'm guessing it didn't work that well? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was okay. Had a couple Champion different, is crying had a couple right different now. Dates, but, uh, I don't know why. I'm not a big Anna. I'm not a big Ann Arbor dating scene person. I think, like... I would, I'm either, I would rather, like, just go out to Montana and eat, like, a cattle rancher or an oil farmer's daughter, and I think I would be very, very happy, but. What? <laughs> Come for the Michigan State football. Stay for Nathan Stern's dating advice, everyone. All right, guys, this week in the Big Ten, <laughs> Purdue versus Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Rutgers travels to Penn State. Illinois travels Sidebar, to... have you guys seen the field at Wrigley for that Purdue-Northwestern game? No. no. Should I? It is David Bell is going to catch a back shoulder fade in the back of the end zone and then just splat himself into the wall because the right field wall is maybe like three yards behind the back of the end zone. And so, and both teams are sharing the same sideline. And so, like, red zone substitutions, one team's going to be like 80 yards away from the play and I have to sprint the guy in from the other side of the field to get them there. And it's just going to be a very. Very Purdue Northwestern type game to watch. Okay, you can continue. All right. <laughs> Rutgers travels to Penn State. Illinois travels to number 17, Iowa. Number six, Michigan travels to College Park to take on the fighting Mike Loxley's. Minnesota travels to Indiana. Nebraska travels to number 15, Wisconsin. And the one we've been all been waiting for the Rumble in Columbus. The jumping fun in the jungle. Number seven, MSU. Columbus Number is the jungle five, now? Ohio State. Let's get it on, boys. You just missed the perfect opportunity what to say, let's say? get... Two things. One, I said Columbus is the jungle now. But two, I said you just missed the perfect opportunity to say, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, you said all that up, you had the tone, and then you just didn't say it. You know, I... Say so so nothing is more intoxicating to me than the sound of my own voice. You should know that by now. Right, but if you say let's get ready to rumble, you can let's just hold it out. Let's get ready to rumble. I don't know. I got a giant shot glass that says let's get ready to stumble. I don't know where it is, but I really <laughs> need to find it. <laughs> oh my goodness! I got it for my birthday. For my this granddad. episode is all over the place, and I love it. <laughs> all right, what else can you say about this game that hasn't already been said? You have two nine and one teams. Whoever wins this game. Obviously, he's going to control their own destiny in the Big Ten East. Ohio State wins. They're going to have to travel down 
to Ann Arbor next week. That's going to be a tough game, but a game that if the Buckeyes win that game, they're going to Indianapolis for the 75 bajillionth year in a row. Michigan State, if they beat Ohio State and they find a way, they'll have one loss in conference. Ohio State will have one loss in conference. Michigan will have one loss in conference, assuming they take care of business against Maryland, but MSU will be ahead of those two teams by virtue of beating both of them and having the head-to-head tiebreaker, and all MSU would need to do was beat Penn State at home the week after that same week as Thanksgiving, and they would be going down to Indianapolis. Ohio State 9-1 on the season, that lone loss coming to Oregon 35-28 in Week 2. Since then, the Buckeyes have been on an absolute tear, leading the country with 46 points a game. Jackson Smith, Najigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave all in the top 10 in receiving yards in the Big Ten. You also have a 1,000-yard rusher in Travion Henderson. You also have C.J. Stroud, the redshirt freshman who's thrown for 30 touchdowns and only five picks and over 3,000 passing yards. This is the most prolific offense MSU has faced in years. Is that, a, is that an overstatement? I mean, the most prolific offense that they've faced since the 2015 Ohio State team, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say I don't know if those two offenses matched up, who'd be better. Uh, I think the 2015 Ohio State team. That 2015 Ohio State team is absolutely bonkers. I mean, the next week after Michigan State beat them, they dropped just shy of 50 on a Michigan team that was pretty solid that year, and they beat them 42 to 14, 49 to 14. I mean, that team was just ridiculous. Well, I'll say, well, Zach does more research. That team had Cardale Jones and JT Barrett both on that team. Braxton Miller was on that team. Michael Thomas, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, Ezekiel Elliott, Curtis Samuel. Jesus. Um, All of those guys on that offense. The defense had Joey Bosa, Jalen Holmes, Tyquan Lewis, Adolphus Washington, Draymond Jones, Jerome Baker, Darren Lee, Raquan McMillan, Joshua Perry, who's now an ES, or a Big Ten Network analyst, Chris Worley, and those are just Eli, Eli, Whitmer, let's go. Eli Apple, Von Bell, Malik Hooker, Sam Hubbard, Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward. Need I keep going? I mean, that team was ridiculous. Yeah, that, that is pretty filthy. And Michigan State beat them in Columbus with a backup quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say that is that is terrible. We'll, we'll have a better idea in five years, depending on what Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and ZJ Stroud and Garrett Wilson are doing in the NFL. Ohio State has scored 40 or more points in seven games this season. This is coming, of course, against the worst secondary yards per game-wise in the country. You have three guys who can burn you, and then, to make matters worse, you have also have a 1,000-yard rusher on the ground. And this is where, as a defensive coordinator, you're up all night in the fetal position with a bottle of scotch because you don't know how you're going to be able to possibly... You can't stop all four of these guys. And one of Smith, Jigbo, Wilson, Olave, and Henderson is going to have to burn you a couple times. You're going to have to live with it. You just, no defense this year has been able to really put the vice grip on Ohio State. Even Ohio State playing bad, per se, at home against Penn State yielded, they still scored 33 points. Playing bad against Oregon was 28 points. So one of these guys is going to torch MSU. Most of those points against Oregon were late. I mean, yeah, I know, but 28 still 28. I mean, yeah, they're still but down. You still, they still. Oregon did well. And then also Nebraska. If I'm yes. if I'm Michigan State, I'm looking at what Nebraska did. Nebraska took Henderson out of the game for the first three quarters of that game. Henderson finally broke one late, but Nebraska really showed the blueprint 
of how to stop it. The problem is, even if you do that sometimes, it might not be enough. Like, Nebraska didn't win that football game. And if I'm MSU, the focus has to be stopping Henderson. Force C.J. Stroud to beat you. You can't get gashed on the ground. If you can make Ohio State one-dimensional and force C.J. Stroud to beat you, you have a chance. But you have to stop Travion Henderson. If Henderson is gashing you, you're done. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it already, but um, I, I really think it's going to come down to the pass rush, and that's, you know, fortunately this team looked really uh, looked really good in the pass rush against Maryland. Again, that's Maryland. This is Ohio State. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's where it starts. That's There's there's not much more you can say about it. Uh, that's that's going to be the biggest key to this defense. Well, and Jacob Panashuk needs to get off the mat. He's been quiet the past several games. Sibian Barrow needs to do what he did against Rutgers when you have the two sacks, you have the force fumble. There is a path to victory for MSU. And this isn't a game where th- there's still the seventh-rated team in the country. MSU's got plenty of athletes and plenty of four-stars on their side of the field as well. That being said, if C.J. Stroud... And you, either way, whatever scheme you run, especially against a multifaceted offense like Ohio State's is going to have carry some inherent risk. You rush four, you put seven back in coverage, and you don't get pressure, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. You cannot, if Stroud's allowed five seconds to throw the ball every time, I can guarantee you one of those wideouts is going to get open. I can guarantee you Michigan State's going to lose by three (laughs) touchdowns if C.J. Stroud, if Michigan... Purdue did not get a single pressure on Ohio State last week. Ohio State put up That's 59 points. Jacob, this might be Jacob Panischuk's last time playing Ohio State. This will be Drew Beach. I also still just, it boggles my mind as someone who has watched every snap of Michigan State football this year, where in the world PFF found 243 pressures for Michigan State, which is 20 more than anybody else in the nation. Michigan State's been solid defensively in getting pressures, but 20 more than any yeah. other team in the country? There's no way. No chance. No, and especially not the way they tapered off against Michigan and Purdue. I mean, they got maybe two pressures against Michigan at all. Well, what? I, I, that's the thing. What? Anyway, like before we go, yeah, you know, we don't need to go on a tangent. Hold, like what constitutes a pressure? What doesn't constitute a pressure? The bottom line for me is this is the game. If you're Drew Beasley, if you're Jacob Panashuk, if you're Drew Jordan, you know his one and only time playing Ohio State as a grad transfer. This is where. You make your stand. Ronald Williams doesn't have to come back next year. He has that extra year of eligibility, but he's a senior. He might go. Who knows? But you're going to have to do something. Play a complete game that you have not done all year. There, Every game this year, there's been a quarter or a quarter and a half where MSU hasn't looked good on one side of the ball. You're going to need all three fl- phases playing in unison for 60 minutes. And if you bring the house, you better bloody well hope that C.J. Stroud loses his composure in the pocket, overthrows guys, makes the wrong read, because if you're bringing eight and you're going man across, you got, I don't know, Justin White or Chester Kimbrough across, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Ronald Williams across from Chris Olave and Marquis Lowry across from Garrett Wilson, one of them's going to get open. One of them's going to be open every single play. The It doesn't make a difference if Stroud can't get the ball there. And there is going to have to be more pressure 
than you've had all year. And we saw how the big reason MSU beat Nebraska, consistent pressure. Jacob Panacek had 14 pressures by himself in that game. And as you said, Zach, when Stroud is in big games, there has been a tendency, especially against Penn State, especially against Nebraska times, he overthrows things. As good as he's been, he's a Heisman Trophy favorite right now. Some Vegas I don't know if he's the favorite. Some Vegas odds makers have him ahead of Kenneth Walker right now. Yeah, and it's not many. Depend, but... And I think a lot of that's going to depend how he does the next two games. We didn't, how he does yeah, we didn't touch on that. That was on the dock at the top you know, um, about Walker. I so one metric that I really trust is the athletic straw poll right now because most of the people that are voting in that athletic straw poll actually have Heisman votes, and so I do like actually take that into account. Kenneth Walker has seventy six first place votes out of hundred and six votes. So I mean, there's only thirty people in that that didn't have him as the first place vote. Do I think C.J. Stroud has a chance? Yeah, but C.J. Stroud didn't get a single first place vote from those guys, and so. We'll see, but the people that think that Stroud, that it's Stroud's award to lose, as I heard this week, I'm not buying it. No, neither am I. But I think you know, again, he's going to have a chance the next two weeks to pad the. Pad he definitely the will because he'll have. Wisconsin. Yeah, he'll have those chances for that. So there's definitely a shot of it. It's just I'm not seeing it. So look, here's the question I'm going to pose to you guys. What percentage do you give Michigan State to win on Saturday? Are we thinking 25 percent? Are we thinking 15 percent? What are you guys thinking? I'll go last because I think my number might be a little higher than your guys's, but maybe not. Oh, um, thirty. That's uh, hmm. what I'll go with. Um, there's several reasons why Michigan State should not win this game, but uh, as you said uh, earlier, Stearns, that's sometimes that's when they play their best ball. So that's uh, that, that's where I would give them the edge. I, after the Maryland game, I said 5 to 7%, and I'm going to up that to probably, let's go 19%. And I will, because it, because I, I, top down, the problem is Ohio State gets up for these games, and there's no way I think Ohio State overlooks Michigan State. This isn't going to be a trap game. Ryan Day knows you lose this game, you no longer control your own destiny. You have to hope that MSU loses to Penn State, so you're going to take the field knowing full well you can beat Michigan and it might not be enough. That being said, it's there's a magical quality about this season this year. There's the, I, I don't want to say team of destiny, but if there was a Cinderella story in college football this year, MSU would be right near the top of the list, just based on going from 2-5, and five, a supposed poverty program that now has the inside track to a new year six and also has an outside chance at least of going to Indy and possibly competing for a national championship. The other thing, and this is where, you know, this is all, this isn't statistics based. This is gut based. This is observation based. Mel Tucker, Mark D'Antonio, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Same thing with Izzo. They thrive when they're underdogs. They thrive when no one's expecting anything of them. They thrive when anyone's saying you don't have a shot in hell to win. So for that aspect, all the pressures on Ohio State, Ohio State's being talked about as the team of destiny right now in the Big Ten. It's this insurmountable giant that no one can seem to conquer. I think what MSU does well big play-wise, this Ohio State defense is allowing over 261 passing yards a game. That's the second worst mark in the conference. They're now, very suspect. There's a, big, there's a big gulf between Ohio State and MSU who's allowing over 320 
their secondary still has a tendency to get burned. Peyton Thorne's fifth in the FBS with passes of at least 60 yards. So you're going to have to do what you did against Rutgers, where you had Jalen Naylor going for 65 yards and a touchdown. You're going to need one or two of those. But they have shown it. Have they shown it consistently? No. But 9-1 and one is 9-1. and one. And for some reason, this team, again, with the exception of Purdue, they don't always play well, but they find a way to get it done. I don't know how Ohio State's going to react when they're in a tight game. It's the third quarter, and they have all these expectations on the line. How has Michigan State reacted when it's the third quarter, the game's on the line? Well, based on the fact that every game this year that's been sort of a 50-50 jump ball floating by a razor's edge, Miami, you won. Indiana, you won. Rutgers, you won. Michigan, you won. Every single time you found a way to get there. You're more resilient. You're more battle-tested. You're more used to having to scratch out wins in the fourth quarter than I think Ohio State is. And that's why I give them maybe a 19-20% chance. I'm going to go 30-35. to 35. I've got a gut feeling that this game is close. I think if Michigan State is in a close game, as kind of you alerted, alluded to, I think if this game is within seven points, I think Michigan State wins. I don't think Michigan State wins by more than seven points, but I don't think Ohio State wins by... I think if Ohio State wins, they'll win by more than seven. I think if it's a close game, I think Michigan State comes out on top. I also have a feeling that Michigan State's going to throw the first punch. And if the Spartans throw the first punch, I don't know if that's a feeling that they will, more of a knowing that they need to. Michigan State can't go down by 16 points like they did against Michigan. No. If Michigan State wants to win this game, they have to throw the first punch. I don't even think you can get down ten to nothing. Or I mean, right? I just mean in general. Goes ahead seven to nothing. I'm going to be worried. And that's why I'm saying you have to start fast. And so, if you're Michigan State, if Ohio State gets the ball first, you need a stop and a score. If Michigan State gets the ball first, you need a score and then preferably a stop. But you need to start well. If you're Michigan State, you can't feel comfortable at all in this game ever because Ohio State's offense is too good. But I don't know that the Spartans win this game as a comeback-type game. I think if Michigan State wins this game, it needs to be more of the wire-to-wire type win. And so I'll go 30 to 35%. I don't. If I had to place a bet on it, I wouldn't say Michigan State wins this game in terms of outright. But I think there's a much better chance than people are giving them. And I do too. And I, I, I think these are the games, you know, where... And I, I would think that maybe perhaps Ohio State fans are more worried about this game than they are next week. Ooh, For, I, I don't know. See, this is this is where I differ. And this is where I... MSU's proven they can beat you. Again, pre... Oh, you know, I'm it, not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm saying from talking to different Ohio State fans that I know, they aren't worried about this game as much as they're worried about next week. I don't know. I just, I just think... Because next week's on the road. What? Because next week's on the road. Well, I know. They're at still, Michigan. But still, I just... Either way, the last time Ohio State lost at home was against MSU in that Tyler O'Connor game, 17-14, to in the Mark D'Antonio hurricane game. you got to think Ohio State loses at home eventually. The other path to victory for me. If Kenneth Walker's getting five yards every time he touches the ball, shorten the game. You need to do what San Francisco did on Monday Night Football. Three-yard run, four-yard run, five-yard run, where you go on a, like, 15-play, 75-yard drive, and it takes up eight minutes, where the death by inches trend goes toward the Ohio State end of the spectrum, where 
the best way to ensure that Smith, Najigba, and Garrett Wilson and Olave and Travion Henderson don't beat you, keep them on the sideline. The less this defense is on the field, the better for MSU. The less chances that this defense has to screw up, better for MSU. So there is a path. Do I think MSU is going to be, do I, would I favor MSU? No, I don't, but I'm also more in line with you, Zach. I think everyone, oh, MSU doesn't have a chance. Eh! Yeah, I, I beg to differ because this team against the spread. They again, have the best player in the country, without question. What? That, Michigan State has the best player in the country. Yes. And so that's why I think if, if it's a close game, Michigan State wins. Because in close games, the safe bet is to bet on the team with the best player. The best player on the field is in, I would say green and white, but it is in all white because Michigan State's going with the Stormtrooper look this weekend with the all whites. The best player on the field will be wearing white. On Saturday. What kind of helmet? Script or? No. Uh, nope. Rough. Just Same regular thing Spartan Purdue, helmet. Wasn't it? Uh, I think Purdue had a different helmet. But it's just the regular Spartan uh, Spartan head on the helmet. Gotcha. But all right. We got to get into this. Pick them. All right. Yeah. Because I got. Because Stearns went one and five last week. I did? Oh, I didn't even pick. How do I go? Because you said you wanted whatever Sloak picked for you. He's fired. We went through every pick you said you wanted. And he had every the same pick as you. No, we didn't. Oh, well. Yeah, we did after the podcast. I was saying, I can't find the meeting. So, Champion is now ahead of uh, Stearns. I suck at this game. By All one right. game. Illinois, 12 and a half points as they travel to Iowa. I'll go first. Give me the fighting Illini. Give me the fighting Brett Pilamas. Do I think they win this game? No, but for whatever reason, the last five weeks, oh, Iowa's done a really, really good job of mastering the art of the ugly win. Barely squeaked out against Northwestern. I think this has the potential of a sleepy November big Big Ten West football game where it's going to be like a 20 to 10 victory. I think Iowa wins, but they don't cover 12, 12 and a half. Um, give me, give me Iowa. I, I think they win by two touchdowns. Uh, I give them the edge there at home. I think, uh, I think they'll have a big day on offense. So, you know, since champions in second place now, I got to stick with him so he can't, no, I'm just kidding. I think Iowa does win this game. Um, and I do think they cover. You're right. Stearns, Iowa has been playing terribly over the last few weeks. Ever since they stormed the field against Penn state, they've been awful. But Illinois is actually awful, um, they're weird, and it's though. at home. They are weird, but it's they, at they home. Say you, you beat Minnesota, you beat Penn State, so there's been a couple signs of confidence. Minnesota's not a good football team, but and Minnesota's also already lost all three of their top three running backs to season-ending injuries. But Penn State was, and Penn State was without Clifford, at least without like a functioning Clifford. Um, so I'll take Iowa at home to cover 12 and a half. All right, we move into our next game. Michigan, 15-point favorites as they travel to the Swamp to play Maryland. No one ever calls College Park the Swamp, but I'm calling it the Swamp. Why? Because it's a swamp. Maryland is a giant swamp. Not like Louisiana swampy, but it is pretty swampy. All right. Um, <laughs> swampy. Oh, boy, I don't like doing this. I'm going to go with Michigan. Maryland can't stop a nosebleed on defense. I know... Blake Corum, obviously, dealing with a lot of stuff. Remains to be seen. Doesn't look like he's going to come back this year. I think this is going to be the Hassan Haskins game. I just... Maryland blows. Mike Loxley should be unemployed. Get your government cheese in your pink slip, Mike. Time to go somewhere else. Yo. <laughs> I'm taking the Terps. And this is the first time I've picked against Michigan all year. So, 
It's saying something. Government cheese. It's saying something. For the sole reason of the fact that Maryland can score. And Maryland can score through the air. Michigan's secondary is what struggles on their defense. Their run defense is phenomenal. Maryland scores through the air. I think Maryland can cover in this game. They definitely won't win, but I think they can cover. Um, well, Michigan, Michigan wants to make, make some noise. They want to make a statement this week before going uh, up against their big rival, Ohio State. Um, and I think they're going to take – they're going to have the first punch early. I think um, I think they're going to have a strong hold on the entire rest of the game. So I, I got Michigan covering. Here's a big line for you. Arkansas 20-and-a-half-point dogs as they travel to Tuscaloosa to take on Bama. Give me the Crimson Tide. Arkansas has been better this year, 7-3, and three, only 500 in the SEC, however, but there are a lot of Big Ten teams that would be 500 in the SEC. Bryce Young is still good at football. Not sure that Arkansas is ready for this stage. Alabama could clinch a berth in the SEC championship if they win this game. Give me the Crimson Tide. You don't pick against Alabama in big games, guys. You just don't do it. I do. Give me Arkansas. Um, this spread is huge. I like what Arkansas has done this season, and also I picked against Ar- or against Georgia when Arkansas played them, and Arkansas got slaughtered. So we'll try this again and see what happens, see if we can get a cover. Alabama's not going to lose this football game, not at home, not in Tuscaloosa, but I think Arkansas can cover 20 and a half. I absolutely hate Razorbacks, too. Like, they're these little, like, feral pigs that, like, run through the backwoods of, like, North Carolina and South Carolina, and they, like... Eat are, all your crops. Are they in like, Arkansas? I, re- I never have seen one. Well, I, I've seen one like in a zoo, but I remember as a kid hearing like this god awful scream. Those things can be like eighty or ninety pounds. Are they, they in are Arkansas mean, too? Whatever. Like they're not like. I mean, they're not like the giant wild. Like if you ever want to see something absolutely terrifying, look up Hogzilla, the documentary. It's like what? this guy in Georgia who shot and killed this eight hundred fifty pound boar. The thing's like the size of like, like two black. Where bears. did we start talking about eight hundred pound boars? Like, what is I, going I, I on? I'm picking against Ar- I hate hogs. I hate hogzillas. <laughs> like, down, bo- boars are destroying everything, and they're ugly, stupid, angry animals. Like, have you guys seen that boar in Japan? No, like I have not. It's like the size of a grizzly bear and is running through like a dumpster. It is terrifying. Let me see if I can find a picture of it while you guys do whatever you want. All right. Um, give, <laughs> give me uh, Arkansas to cover. Um, I agree with Zach here, I think I think that spread's just a little too big. Um maybe Is Hong Kong in Japan or Taiwan? Hong Kong? Yes. China. Oh, it's no, China. no I think it's in Taiwan. Alright, because I found the picture of the giant boar I was talking Oh, it is in China. He... It's oh, it's a it's that autonomous part, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a region of yeah. Anyways, <laughs> all right. SMU... Now that we all showed our geography knowledge, wait, hold on. No, all right. SMU twelve and a half point dogs as they travel to number five Cincinnati. Zach, over to you. Um, Cincinnati's gonna win this game. Cincinnati never looks good in games right now. They just somehow find a way to win. So with all that logic, they'll cover. That is a very giant hog that you just put on the meeting dock right now. Like, those things are terrifying. Big boy. <laughs> but, no, give me Cincinnati to cover Why 12 and a half. Why is legs so small? 
It's, it's like big head, little arms. I'd say, boy, if there's something I could. But anyway, um, give me SMU. Cincinnati's a fraud. Shouldn't even be considered for the college football playoff when you're playing the Barbara Scotia University for the deaf and the blind every week, and your schedule is about. What did the Barbara Scotia University for the deaf and the blind nuggets. do to you? Give me SMU. What did the Barbara Scotia University for the deaf and the blind do to you, Stearns? They are catching they strays in this episode. <laughs> Give me SMU. Hate Cincinnati. Um, one sec. I thought I had to burp. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, give me SMU. Uh, I, I'm I'm with Stearns here. I think uh, I don't think they'll win, but I I think it'll be a close game. They'll give Cincy a run for their money. All right. I well, I look up the picture of Hogzilla. I was talking about Nebraska nine point dogs as they travel to Wisconsin. Give me the Badgers. Wisconsin's hotter than the surface of the... What are they, Zach? Oh, Seven-game win streak or eight? It's definitely not Because they were eight, one I and could... three, and they haven't lost since. Yeah, but Something I like that. I don't know, but any, anyway, Wisconsin... You both keep using the surface of the sun as an analogy, and... I think I'm the one that started it. been there, so I don't know why you can say that. It's like a million How do you know I haven't been there? Well, I was going to say we You'd were... You'd be dead. Are you sure? That's what you think. That's what you think. I've, when you've eaten Arby's and McDonald's in the same night and lived to tell the tale, you're pretty much bloody immortal. Especially after you eat an Arby's, and I, a half pound Arby's roast beef meal, and then three hours later you eat four McDonald's hamburgers and a twenty piece chicken McNugget meal. So you know, I uh, I think I do okay. Wisconsin is seven and three. They're currently on a six game win streak. But biggest thing for me, I don't know how many, how much more Nebraska can. After a while, you're just going to mail it in. The fact they haven't mailed it in yet is a testament to Scott Frost, but I would think after you're right there against Michigan, you're right there against MSU, you're right there against OSU, and you find a way to lose, at this point as a player, your head's probably got to be in the gutter. Motivation's gone. You're bull ineligible now because you have too many losses. Give me the Badgers. Wisconsin has everything to play for. Nebraska has nothing to play for, so that's a dangerous combination. For that exact reason, I think that um, Wisconsin could win this game by 40 and probably will win this game by 40, but I think Nebraska is going to continue to cover against these top teams. And I am looking at this right now and realizing that if I screw all these up, you guys are going to be right with me in the standings going into next week. But, yeah, I'm taking Nebraska to cover. All right, our next. Yo, game. what? Right that, in the middle of the picks. Zilla, that's what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, that's but like you just put it right into the middle of the picks on the talk. I know I did. <laughs> we need this to be the. Can this be like our header or something? The people need to see. Yeah, it would be terrible. I would scare the little children. <laughs> that's a good point. If number, you want to see, just look this up. Number seven, MSU nineteen. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't. I didn't pick. I had it. Okay, I'll, I'll do. Give me a uh, Nebraska. Oh yes, did? sir, champ. Okay. It's okay. We just love this guy's number 17 MSU 19 point dogs as they travel to Ohio state. Give me the green and white. It's a top 10 matchup for all the reasons we've discussed. 19 points is too big for me. I think both teams are going to get burned through the air. I think this is going to be a first to 40 game. I could see this being a, not quite to the extent of Wake Forest UNC a couple weeks back when Wake Forest won 58 to 55, but I don't know. I think this is going to be a very high scoring game and in a game where, both teams have a penchant to score 40 or 35-plus points. Too big of a line for me. I I 
if I had to go with the score, I'll go Ohio State 48, MSU 30, 38 or something. I think the Spartans will be there. There's a path to win. I don't think they do it, but we'll see. Give me the Spartans. Um, I don't know that they win, but I think they cover 20 or the plus 19. And don't be surprised if they win this football game. Um, give me Ohio State. Thanks. No. I'm, that makes me feel a whole lot better about Michigan State's chances in this game that all of us didn't pick Michigan State. Yeah, somebody had to pick against Thanks them. for taking one for the team, champ. Not that it's necessarily um, what I believe will happen. I think it's more so just for the the sake of the picks. But uh... champs, champs looking at the standing. Yeah, <laughs> really <yeah>. again? <laughs> no, champ, good, uh... champs got to make. What are you? You got five. I got five games on you. Yeah. Stearns is Stearns is in trouble. He needs to pick it up well, here after his one in five week. Otherwise, he's gonna be finishing last this season in the pick'em. I'm a bad boy. This <laughs> has to be boy, the man. first week that none of us are in agreement for any. Yeah, there's no game where all three of us pick the same. Part of that is because I just randomly picked the underdogs in a couple games, yeah. Um, like Maryland and Cincinnati. Actually, I picked Cincinnati to cover. They're the favorite. All right, guys. That will do it for this week's episode of SRZ from Ohio State to Michigan State to the Big Ten Championship to the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl to a Hogzilla and a bunch of other crazy sort of I don't topics. even remember half the things we talked about. Neither do I. I. But then again, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Oh, wait, I didn't have breakfast this morning. That was a little longer ago than what we just talked about, though. But anyway, it's been another episode of SRZ. We will either be dejected this time next week or floating on a high like we did for the Michigan-Michigan State game. Thank I you might be anyways. As, as always, I'm Nathan Stearns for the All-American Boys, Zach Serdnick, Mr. Aiden Champion. Thank you guys. Have a good week.